Many speculate the Abraham Accords is the prophesied peace agreement that starts the final seven years to the second coming of Jesus. The question is, is it? To answer this, we need to look at a secret decision that led to the Abraham Accord and why we should be looking for this agreement right now. We'll answer these questions on this edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. The peace agreement in Daniel 9.27 that will begin the final seven years to the second coming of Jesus Christ in the Battle of Armageddon and the sixth trumpet war, World War III, are the next two events to occur on God's prophetic timeline. So a lot of people have asked, well, why do you guys teach this? Well, Most of the prophecies concerning the second coming of Jesus Christ, the end times right there, the end of this age, they've already been fulfilled. So what I want to do is to quickly run through a timeline leading up, a timeline of events leading up to the peace agreement and the sixth trumpet war to just prove to you conclusively why we say these are the next two events to be fulfilled. And not looking right now for the rapture of the church. Not looking for that. Because it's not time for the rapture of the church. Only until these prophecies are fulfilled and then it becomes on God's time clock. It's God's timing which is keeping these things from happening. When it's God's time, then the rapture will occur. But he went back and he told the writers of the Bible, there's going to be this event, then this, then this. And when all those things happen, then he will return. Then the battle of Armageddon will occur. But it has to happen in the timing of his timeline that he gave us to follow. So the first prophecy, really quick, I'm just going to go through a timeline here from the Messiah, from Jesus Christ until right now. The Messiah came. It was prophesied about. He came in about, um, Jesus was born about 5 to 6 B.C. Uh, And I'm not going to go to the trouble of proving all of this. You're just going to have to trust me because I can give you dates and times and how we know that Jesus Christ was not actually born on zero, but actually 5 or 6 B.C., um, there's ways to prove that because of we know when um, King Herod passed away, passed away in about three or four A.D. or B.C. And so he actually gave the decree for all of the male children to be killed two years old and down prior to his death. So we know Jesus had to have been born prior to that. So he was born in about five or six B.C. Then moving right along, the Messiah was cut off. These are all Bible prophecies. 
33, about 33 to 40 AD. A lot of people say Jesus Christ was crucified when he was 33 years old, but we don't know that. The Bible doesn't tell us. And I know that's a huge misconception and I'll mess with your theology a little bit, but nobody knows how old Jesus was when he passed away. A lot of people speculate that it was 33 years old, but at one point in the Bible, they said, hey, you're not yet 50 years old. Why didn't they say you're not yet 40 or you're not yet 35? They said, but you're not yet 50. So nobody really knows 100% how old Jesus was when he passed. Okay, we're not here to discuss that. We're going to move on. Jerusalem and the, and the second temple was destroyed in 70 AD. Fulfilled prophecy. Uh, the great falling away. Nine, 90 AD to 180 AD. And then it led to uh, all the way to the Reformation. In the post-apostolic age, 90 AD to 140 AD, and in the age of the Greek apologists, 130 AD to 180 AD, a number of those groups rose up that separated from the mainstream church. And you need to really understand history here because it shows um, a lot of different things as far as how we got to where we're at. And there's a church on every corner, but maybe not all of them are teaching the truth, right? You got to be very careful. Jesus prophesied, take heed that no man deceive you. Many will come even in my name, but they'll be deceiving people. So you got to be very careful which church you go to, which one's teaching the truth, which one's not teaching the full truth. So a number of groups in those early years arose that separated from the mainstream church. And this continued throughout the dark ages until the Reformation, when we started coming back into the Age of Enlightenment, when the printing press, Gutenberg inventing the printing press, and we started moving into the point where people could have access to the Word of God and find out what the full truth was and move back into that. The Great Falling Away, that's already occurred. The White Horse Spirit, 325 A.D. to present. The, um, this would be the first four seals. Those have already occurred. The green horse spirit, 610 A.D. to present. And now we can see the, um, the, the really the, the rising of Islam again in the earth. The Holy Roman Empire from 800 A.D. to 1806 A.D. And then it was reborn in November of 2009 with the signing of the Lisbon Treaty. Russia, the, the, the Russian bear, the bear in Daniel 7, Revelation 13. That was uh, that Russia became a, a recognized uh, nation about 1547 A.D. to present. The Black Horse Spirit. Now, these are all Bible prophecies. The Black Horse Spirit, 16 A.D. About, you know, there, there have been capitalistic principles for hundreds of years. But 1600 A.D., it really started into some in Europe and eventually ended up over here in America. The capitalistic spirit. And 16 A.D. to present. Um, Great Britain, 1707 A.D. to present. Uh, The United States of America, 1776 A.D. to present. uh, To present. Signed our uh, Declaration of Independence. Uh, Germany, uh, recognized 1871 to A.D. uh, A.D. to present. The Red Horse Spirit. Um, 1848, I think, uh, Karl Marx wrote his communist manifesto somewhere 1848 to 1850 right there. I can't remember right off the top of my head. I think it was 18, what? I think it was 1850. 
And so, but they started talking about this. They were putting things together, 1848 to 1850, right in there, to present. Uh, the world religious system, the, the, one of the main events that happened back in 1893, the parliament, first parliament of world religions. So 1893 to AD, to present. The first trumpet, World War I, 1914 to 1918. These are all the fulfillment of Bible prophecies all the way back to the Messiah. The main ones. There are others. But these are the main ones. Um, the Holocaust, 1933 to 1945 A.D. Fulfillment of Bible prophecy. You had the, um, the Ezekiel 37, Ezekiel's boneyard. And then Israel would come out of that. And so uh, another fulfillment of our prophecy. We'll get to a few more and then we'll get into the peace agreement on the other side of the break. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills. But God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV. And now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. The seven vials are coming in the form of sores, darkness, great hail, people being scorched with immense heat, and more. Bible prophecy shows us that each of these judgments will be far worse than anything imaginable. The good news is there is hope. In our brand new video, learn how to be immune from these gruesome judgments and have peace in the end time. This month only, get our new DVD, The Seven Vials, with a gift of any amount. Go to endtime.com slash DVD or call us at 800-END-TIME. That's 800-363-8463. This offer is only valid through the end of the month. Go to endtime.com slash DVD or call 800-END-TIME. So there's a lot of Bible prophecy that has already taken place. A big majority of the prophecies pointing towards the second coming of Jesus Christ, that's already occurred, folks. And, well, I'll get back into some more of it in a moment before I get into the peace agreement, but I'm going to tie it all together. Before I do, uh, we had a great conference this past weekend in Princeton, Kentucky. This next weekend... On September 25th at 6 p.m., my wife and I will be in Mattoon, Illinois at the Apostolic Center, 205 Country Club Road, Mattoon, Illinois. Uh, Saturday will be there, 6 p.m. I'll be teaching the big timeline, the future according to Bible prophecy. Sunday morning 
at September 26th at 9.45, we'll be having an evangelistic service. Many of you may have never, so I, I, I do teach Bible prophecy and occasionally I'll preach. And so in the service on Sunday morning in Mattoon, Illinois, I'm going to be doing a hybrid type situation. We'll be, I'll be doing a little bit of prophecy and then I'll be, um, we're having an evangelistic service while I'll be preaching a little bit. And so, um, should be interesting. I've done it uh, several times and I actually love to preach. And so if you've never heard me preach, come to Mattoon, Illinois, Apostolic Center, 205 Country Club Road in uh, Mattoon. Looking forward to that this weekend. That's Saturday the 25th, September the 26th. If you'd like some more information on that, endtime.com, go to the events tab and scroll down to the conferences and everything's there. There's maps, phone numbers, everything you need to get to the church. It's a very, very large church. And so um, it's very cool. You'll really have a good time at the conference this weekend. God bless you. Be careful in your journey. We had people come from Illinois, I mean, all over the place to come to Princeton, Kentucky uh, this weekend. And so looking forward to a great crowd in Mattoon, Illinois this coming weekend. Now, okay, we're going to finish up this timeline here of, of prophesied events. The second, the second trumpet, World War II, 1939 to uh, 1945, when the concentration camps were liberated and the uh, bombs were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. That's also when the world government was established, 1945, with the signing of the UN Charter in San Francisco. The United Nations was born. The rebirth of the nation of Israel, 1948. The desert would blossom like a rose. From 1948 to present, Israel has made the desert blossom like a rose. Down in the Jordan Valley, very hot. Down by the Dead Sea, the lowest part on the planet. They have actually have strawberry fields, peach trees, banana trees. I mean, it is unbelievable. My father-in-law, when he went there in 1979, said it was basically rocks and sand and sand and rocks. But I've been over to Israel, I think, 15 times now. And there are, for a a long period of time, Israel supplied Europe with over 50% of their flowers. And just fruit, orange trees and everything right down in the Jordan Valley. So they have literally made the desert blossom like a rose. They've planted entire forests that weren't there in 1948. So Israel, very, very beautiful and um, a fulfillment of Bible prophecy. Then you have the Six Days War, 1967, where Israel drove Jordan back across the Jordan Valley to present the present borders that are there now. And then also in 1967, Israel captured um, Judea at that point. They drove Jordan back across, took over all the Judean area and they, the West Bank, commonly referred to as today. And so, uh, fulfillment of Bible prophecy. The third trumpet, Chernobyl nuclear accident, 1986. The fourth trumpet, the Berlin Wall, was destroyed in 1989. The, the healing of the deadly wound again in uh, 1989. And then the fifth trumpet, 1990-91, with the uh, war with um, Saddam Hussein in Iraq. 
The increase of earthquakes in about 2001, Jesus said you would see earthquakes in diverse places in Matthew 24. Then the, the, uh, reborn, the reborn Holy Roman Empire, 2009. So a lot of Bible prophecy, I mean big major fulfillment Bible prophecy all the way through, through from the birth of Jesus Christ until now. And there's much more. There are many ongoing fulfillments, a world government being established, world religion, the mark of the beast, precursors to that. And we're seeing that on many phases right now with the, the, the um, establishment of a global numbering system on uh, ID 2020, ID 40, the, the societal conditioning right here in America with the, um, the government mandating what you can put in your body. Think about this. The government is mandating people to get a vaccine knowing that people have died from that vaccine. Thousands of people. Now, I'm not saying everybody has died from it. I know a lot of people that have taken it that haven't. But I'm saying if there's a chance, the government should never mandate somebody to do that. And so you can see the societal conditionings. You have to put this in your body. That's something we do not hear want here in America. I'm not saying that I'm not even saying that you should not take the vaccine. There are a lot of people who believe you shouldn't for many different reasons. But I'm saying if you want to, this is America. If you want to take the vaccine, take it. If you don't want to, you shouldn't have to. This is America. And so to me, it's the societal conditioning that is this huge slippery slope when the government can mandate that we put something in our body. Precursors. To the eventual mark of the beast. Okay. Now, on this timeline that we've been following here, this is all Bible prophecies fulfilled. The next two on God's prophetic timeline from the Old Testament prophets, Ezekiel, Zechariah, uh, Daniel, many of others. We are right here and that the next one to occur is the sixth trumpet war. Revelation 9 verse 13 through 16 And the Bible says, from these scriptures, we know three things. Loose the four angels bound in the great river Euphrates, for to kill a third part of mankind, and a 200 million man army would participate in that. So we know three things. World War III will will begin in the Euphrates River region. One third of the global population will be destroyed in this war that's coming. And a 200 million man army will participate in that war. That's one of the next things to be fulfilled on God's prophetic timeline. How do I know? It's the sixth trumpet war. The first five trumpets have already occurred within just over the last 100 years. So one of the next events is this sixth trumpet war, World War III. The second event that we know is the next to occur on God's prophetic timeline is the peace agreement that starts the final seven years to the second coming of Jesus Christ, the battle of Armageddon. Daniel 9, 27, prophesy, these prophecies foretell a peace agreement that will mark the beginning of that final seven years. How can we recognize that? There are several characteristics um, that, that helps us to recognize that. Three of the main characteristics. 
would be that this peace agreement will, will establish a Palestinian state in Judea, which would be the modern-day West Bank area. Number two, the Jewish settlers presently living in Judea will remain in their homes, living as a Jewish minority in that new Palestinian state. And then number three, the Temple Mount is going to be placed under a sharing arrangement. And it's going to probably be a, an internationally supervised sharing arrangement, allowing both Jews and Muslims to worship there. It's going to allow Israel to build a third temple. Israel's going to retain control of Jerusalem all the way throughout the end time. And so remember these characteristics when I talk about the Abraham Accords in just a moment. The Abraham Accord does not allow for any, not one of those five characteristics. Because the Abraham Accord was not focused on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. However, they did talk about it. And I'm going to talk to you about the secret uh, meeting that was had before that, back in 2018, before the Abraham Accords was signed. Last week, we just um, celebrated the one-year anniversary of the signing of that. So, concerning this peace agreement, when you see the prophesied peace agreement that has these characteristics tied to it, then you can know assuredly that the final seven years to the Battle of Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ has begun. Now, the question on the table today is, is the Abraham Accords the peace agreement that launched the final seven years? I have a lot of people that believe that. However, again, and I've, I want to make this very clear, the Abraham, remember the five characteristics in the peace agreement, the Abraham Accord that is signed right now. We just celebrated the one year anniversary. One year later, it still does not have those five characteristics. However, it could lead to the peace agreement that starts the final seven years. This is very, very important. And so it, it, if somebody comes out with another agreement that's seven years, whether it has to do with um, this region or uh, some other aspect of world government or whatever, you have to have the five characteristics. God wanted us to specifically be able to recognize the final seven-year agreement that would start uh, Daniel's 70th week that leads to his second coming. Because he tells us many ways through. Halfway through that final seven years, this happens. Halfway through, this happens. He wanted us to be able to recognize beyond a shadow of a doubt the events that would transpire prophetically during the final seven-year period. The Bible says that they that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits, and they that understand among the people shall instruct many. That word understand is all throughout Bible prophecy. God knew that there would be people in the end time that understood Bible prophecy and would be able to walk us through these events. And so I just walked you through a huge, a huge timeline of events that have already occurred. And the lesson that I've, that I've been teaching all year at our prophecy conferences and I'll be teaching this Saturday in Mattoon, Illinois, is the, from he, the future, according to Bible prophecy. What's coming in the near future? The Bible lays it out 
crystal clear, unmistakable. So let's talk about the Abraham Accords because that's a, I'm getting a lot of questions about that right now. Is the Abraham Accords the final seven years? If not, how can you prove it's not? What's the final seven years? We'll talk, we're going to talk about all that. But I want you to understand, uh, a, a, from, this comes from the times of Israel, the secret visionary decision that launched the Abraham Accords. And so um, there was a, the, most of you will recognize the author. His name was Joel Rosenberg. He wrote this article <clears throat> and he said this. And I'm quoting. He said, as we mark the one year anniversary of the signing of the Abraham Accords, the first Arab-Israeli peace and normalization agreements since Jordan's deal in 94, the inside story of how they came about can finally be told. <clears throat> now notice, he says the, is the Arab-Israeli agreement. He did not say the Palestinian-Israeli agreement. You got to understand some history. You got to know what's going on behind the scenes here. Because the peace agreement that starts the final seven years, it will, the Bible says he will, he will confirm the covenant with many. But then it goes on to tell us many times that it's going to be focused on Israel and the Palestinians. The Israel and Judea, which is where the two-state solution will be created. The only people vying for that area on the planet today are the Palestinians. So you've got to understand that the details of all of this. The Abraham Accords deals with the Arabs, the Arab nations as a whole around there. And you'll see this as we go along. This is what it was, it, the decision was from the get-go, from uh, Mr. Rosenberg's article here. But very important, the Bible says the Antichrist will confirm the covenant with many. The Abraham Accords could lead to the covenant that starts the final seven years. But the Abraham Accords is not the one. So the, the finalization of that when the um, Palestinians and Israelis sign an accord, which ties on to the Abraham Accords, then yes, that could lead to that. But at this point, at this point, it's not. And so no, the final seven years did not start one year ago. I want to make that very clear. The final seven years starts in the future, just ahead of us now. But you'll see as I go through this article, I'm going to read some excerpts from the article that shows this secret deal that was made, secret agreement, this visionary decision that was made by the leader of the United Arab Emirates that led to this. But he also talked about it eventually leading to a deal between the Palestinians and the Israelis. And it gets into it in great detail, the thought process behind all of this. And you need to hear it when we get back. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. So let me, let me just share a few more excerpts from this article by Mr. Rosenberg that he really had an insider's viewpoint of what happened prior to the signing of the Abraham Accords. So as a dual U.S.-Israeli citizen, an evangelical uh, and an evangelical, the author had a rare front row seat to see the United Arab Emirates and Bahrain join Egypt and Jordan as partners for peace. It all began back on October of 2018 when Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed of Nayan, the crown prince of Abu Dhabi, he invited the, uh, the author to bring the first ever delegation of evangelical Christians to visit the United Arab Emirates and spend two hours with him in his palace. So widely known by his initials, MBZ, he is the powerful son of the United Arab Emirates modern founder, the beloved and visionary Sheikh Zayed, who passed away back in 2004. Few world leaders that the author had met has been uh, more intriguing, influential, and innovative. During that meeting back in 2018, the Emirati leader stunned the author by confiding that he had decided to make peace with Israel. Now, the Abraham Accords was not signed until 2020. He told the author back in 2018 he had already made the decision. He came to believe that it was in his people's national interest and that he said he was looking for the right moment to make his his move. However, the ground rules for this meeting was that at the time it had to be completely off the record. They could not expose it. And so while they were sitting on a huge story, they couldn't break the news. So it is true that there were three men whose courage and counterintuitive leadership fundamentally turned the tide of history by embracing the Abraham Accords. Number one, President Donald Trump. Number two, 
Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, as well as, I'm going to refer to him, the leader of uh, Abu Dhabi, as MBZ. Mary, Bill, um, Zebra. MBZ. So, but, yet based on extensive and detailed conversations with senior players in all three countries, it became clear to uh, Mr. Rosenberg that MBZ made the first set of critical strategic decisions that led to this game-changing peace deal, the Abraham Accords. But he knew a couple years earlier that this was what he wanted to do. So, first, MBZ concluded that solidarity among the United Arab Emirates, Israel, and the United States against the grave growing threats from Iran. Remember I told you that I've always watched Iran for years. All of these, part of this is what brought about the Abraham Accords. Because it is such a threat to those individuals in that region over there. So the United Arab Emirates, Israel, the United States, against the grave growing threats of Iran, that this was vital to the security of each nation and the region. Remember I talked to you about the Sixth Trumpet War, one of the next wars to occur. It occurs right in that region right there. Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran. Secondly, he concluded that the Emirati investments in Israeli technology would be a match made in heaven, unleashing enormous creative potential and untold prosperity in both countries. That's exactly what it has done. Uh, there's articles by Jared Kushner and different people telling every all the different agreements that have been made financially. There have been tourists going, opening up the airways. I mean, it has been unbelievable what's happened. And they're hoping that many other nations will get on board with this and that eventually the Palestinians will realize for several reasons, from the pressure from the Arab brethren and financially that it would be a lot better to normalize relations with Israel. The Bible says that's going to happen. It's not going to last, but there will be a peace agreement signed in the future. Third, that by being the first to make peace with Israel, MBZ believed that the United Arab Emirates would reap tremendous goodwill from the American people, from Congress, from both major American political parties, that if Trump won re-election, the United Arab Emirates would be well positioned for good relations during his second term. But if Joe Biden won the election, the United Arab Emirates would also be positioned to interact with the new administration as a significantly enhanced asset and perceived as an increasingly helpful and constructive ally to Washington, whose voice would even be more respected and valued. Okay, well, now... Joe Biden's administration, even though he's tried to erase everything else President Trump has done, they actually, Blinken and many others of them, have voiced, um, they've advocated for and support the Abraham Accords. And they wanted to move forward. They're looking forward to more nations coming on to this. So it could lead to the agreement with the Palestinians. If the Palestinians were to sign on, you understand what I'm saying? Eventually, the Abraham Accords could lead to that. The United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, eventually, possibly, the Palestinians signing on. If it has the characteristics, then we would move into the final seven years. Until those five characteristics are met, 
then we have not started the final seven years. So that's why we say the Abraham Accords could lead to that. But at this point, we've not started the final seven years. It's very critical that we understand this. And then fourth, from, the, uh, from NBZ, the crown prince concluded that the United Arab Emirates would dramatically reinforce a global image. That it was carefully and consciously crafting one of, as one of the good guys in the Middle East, a faithful, trustworthy ally against the forces of radical Islamism, an economic, cultural, and security partner that other peaceful, productive nations could appreciate and depend on. Now you understand the United Arab Emirates is just across the Persian Gulf from the um, from Iran. So you understand militarily the strategic positioning of all of this. So what's more is NBC, NBC believed that by breaking the mold and making peace with Israel without, and this is very important, without giving the Palestinian leadership a veto over his freedom of movement. Because for years, we talked about the veto power that the Palestinians had. Because of the Arab Peace Initiative, they said that, hey, none of us, none of us nations can make peace with Israel until the Palestinians. Everything had to go through the Palestinians. But the United Arab Emirates, MBZ, said, well, hey, that he wanted to do this without giving the Palestinian leadership veto over his freedom of movement, that he could open the door for the Arab countries to see the benefits of normalization and then follow suit. Many of them have. Bahrain, he knew was ready, but it was too small to take the lead. However, if the United Arab Emirates made peace with the Israelis, the Bahrainis would almost certainly follow. And in time, so would other Gulf Cooperation Council in the Gulf Cooperation Council and the Arab League. So, I'm going to comment on this in a moment, but this is one of the reasons why we know that Abraham Accords are not the peace agreement that starts the final seven years. You're going to see as I go along here, at this point, the Abraham Accords does not deal with the Palestinian-Israeli conflict, which is what the prophesied agreement focuses on. So, back to the article. As more Arab states, because remember they had the, the meeting back in 2018, and this is what the author is reporting on. As more Arab states normalize relations with Israel, MBZ believed that it could create the conditions under which the Palestinians could finally say yes. Remember, right now, they don't. And he recognized that. But he said that it could lead to conditions under which the Palestinians could finally say yes to a comprehensive peace plan of their own with Israel. Now, if that happens, and it's got those characteristics we mentioned earlier, then folks, we will be having a whole different conversation on the radio that day. If it had the five characteristics, I would be able to come on the air and say, folks, we just started the final seven years. We are not there yet. The Abraham Accords could lead to that. The, the uh, MBZ, the leader of the United Arab Emirates, he recognizes that. But in, in continuing on, in the, in the meantime, the United Arab Emirates, together with Egypt and Jordan, would have far more influence and leverage to urge Israel's government to refrain from making provocative moves, okay, against the Palestinians 
and thus keep this two-state solution viable. So all the way back prior to the Abraham Accords being signed, MBZ was looking ahead to an eventual time when the Palestinians would be able to to sign a normalization agreement with the Israelis. So the current Abraham Accords does not deal with the Israeli-Palestinian issue, but many of them look for it to eventually in the future. Now, MBZ could see, however, that the Netanyahu was being severely tempted to acquire an annex. You remember just prior to, in, uh, by January 1 of 2020, just last year, President Trump and Prime Minister Netanyahu were looking at annexing part of the West Bank, that territory, and that every member of his Likud political party considered uh, precious, and they were calling it by its biblical names, Judea and Samaria. Remember. So if that happened, then MBZ believed that the door to the United Arab Emirates to normalize relations with Israel would be slammed shut. So at the same time, MBZ knew that Netanyahu had another dream. For more than a decade, Netanyahu had been passionately making the case that the only way to make peace with the Palestinians was to take an outside-in approach. That is, if, if, if Israel could make peace with several Arab states first, this would create enormous prosperity and the Arab-Israeli tourism uh, and, and, and it would foster a, a climate that, would, uh, that might finally persuade. Now, this was happening in the mind of the United Arab Emirates leader, MBZ, prior to the Abraham Accords. You understand what's going on here? That it would foster a climate that might finally persuade the Palestinian people and their leaders that it was time to end the conflict once and for all. He had this in his mind prior to the Abraham Accords. So... Both were really uh, legacy options. I mean, if Netanyahu could significantly enlarge the boundaries, the boundaries of the sovereign state of Israel without a new war, this would be something for which he would be remembered by the Israeli people forever, right? On the other hand, if Netanyahu could sign the first peace treaty with a Gulf Arab state other than the Palestinians and maybe several treaties... This would be a huge breakthrough and would also seal his historic legacy in Israel's eyes. So you see, there, there were so much, there were so many dynamics going on in the mind of MBZ, the leader of the United Arab Emirates, prior to signing the Abraham Accords, he was looking way off into the future. And it actually come to pass. Last year we signed the, uh, uh, the or last week we celebrated the one year anniversary of the signing got a little bit more to go through here when we get back from the break. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. So remember at that time, this was back um, early 2020, in, in early the, the first six, eight months that Prime Minister Netanyahu was wanting to, he's talking, we're going to annex, we're going to annex the uh, Judea Samaria into Israel proper. So MBZ knew that the only way to stop Netanyahu from grabbing what the Emiratis saw as Palestinian land was to go full godfather on him, really, and to make uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu, you know, I'll make you an offer you can't refuse type situation. And the question was, how? So in December of 2019, the White House had asked the United Arab Emirates several uh, and several other com- uh, countries to consider signing a non-aggression and non-belligerency pact with Israel. Not a full treaty, but a stepping stone. Well... MBZ was open to the idea, but he now realized that it would not be enough to pull Netanyahu away from his desire to annex these large swaths of the West Bank. So the only way to get what he wanted, MBZ recognized, was to give Netanyahu what he wanted most. Full peace, full recognition, full normalization. But the leader of the United Arab Emirates would have to move fast, right? So he quickly crafted two strategies. First, he would take his proposal directly to President Trump and get President Trump to sell it to Netanyahu. There would be um, no haggling uh, with Prime Minister Netanyahu in the traditional Arab bazaar, right? Over this line item or that. All the negotiations would be done through the White House, not with Israel directly. And, you know, after all, the White House was looking for this big breakthrough. Remember early last year, they were going on with the dynamics of the, uh, the, the elections and all kinds of stuff, the Israeli elections. And so, you know, hey, let, them do the, let the White House do the heavy lifting. They knew Netanyahu best and they had his trust. So they had all the leverage. And if it was possible to persuade Netanyahu to abandon annexation and instead embrace his dream of, the, of making peace with the Arabs outside in, then President Trump and his team were only the ones, the only ones who could get it done. So the leader of the United Arab Emirates, MBZ, he was ready, but was Prime Minister Netanyahu. Secondly, MBZ would take his case directly to the Israeli people. He had a two-pronged approach. He dispatched Yusuf al-Ateba. Now, you remember reading articles on this. We were reporting all this stuff happening. His trusted ambassador in Washington that he was to write the United Arab Emirates' first op-ed for an Israeli newspaper, making the case in a friendly but firm manner, and, and in Hebrew even, 
that this was not just a pipe dream. The United Arab Emirates was ready, they were really ready to make a peace deal with Israel. A a real peace, a, a, a warm peace, and that the deal could be sealed immediately. So long as Israel was to shelve the talks of annexation. This was the big thing. United Arab Emirates wanted to keep the two-state solution situation alive. Again, I've said it many times, the United Arab Emirates was not vying for the West Bank. They knew the Palestinians were. This was the goal. Netanyahu's courageous yes came with, just was resounding. Yes, we'll do it. President Trump loved the idea. So did Jerry Kushner. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo and the rest of the team. So the seeds had that they had been planting, watering, cultivating for nearly four years were finally bearing fruit and their work was paying off ahead of the elections. Remember, President Trump's first trip overseas was to Saudi Arabia, not to Israel. And he was saying, I want to get a deal done, but they realized that they could not just bring Israel and the Palestinians Pull, jerk them by the nose and say, you guys are going to sign a deal. Not, he knew it wasn't going to work like that. So he knew he had to get other nations on board. Well, now it was coming to pass. They immediately brought the deal to Netanyahu and Ron Dermer, Israel's um, ambassador to Washington. And that was it. They told the Israelis. This was real. And it was now or never. So applying Israeli sovereignty over more of a Judea and Samaria would come in due time. So, but front-loading annexation would be a serious strategic mistake. They had to shelve that for now. And it, they say, hey, hey, you can't do that. It would enrage the Arab world. It would enrage Europeans. It would spark a third intifada, a holy war, and a, uh, it, a violent uprising in the West Bank. I mean, they were just like, no, you can't do that right now. But make peace with the United Arab Emirates and NBZ and Americans Will it's going to cheer? Uh, Americans will cheer. The world would cheer, and hopefully, other Arab countries would come on board as well. And that's what they're looking for right now. So, to his credit, Prime Minister Netanyahu had the courage to say yes. Hence, the Abraham Accords that we just celebrated the one-year anniversary of last week. But. The key point to all of this, everybody, is that, again, is that the Abraham Accords currently, the one that was signed on the White House lawn September 15th of 2020, is not the agreement that started the final seven years. The final seven years have not started yet. Again, though, MBZ, the leader of the United Arab Emirates, he was looking forward to a time when the Palestinians would recognize if so many of his Arab brethren normalized relations with Israel that he would, that the Palestinians would have to say, you know what, it's going to be a whole lot better for us to normalize relations with Israel than to fight Israel and now our Arab brethren who won't support us because they've normalized relations with Israel. MBZ, the leader of the United Arab Emirates, was looking forward to that prior to signing the United Arab, or the uh, Arab Abraham Accords. So, the current Abraham Accords, no, they're not the, the agreement. Could they lead to the agreement? 
that starts the final seven years? Absolutely. And so this is what we're watching for. Remember the, remember the timeline of events that I went through at the beginning of the program. All the different prophecies from the Messiah till right now, folks. You think I've had people say, well, I, you know, Dave, I don't know if we're really living in the end time or not. And I'm like, what more proof do you need? Look at all the prophecies that have occurred up to this point. The seven trumpets. The seven trumpets, a 2,000-year-old prophecy. Part of the skeletal structure of the book of Revelation. The first five of those trumpets. This is why we talk so much, folks, about the, the timelines and the timing of it all. And um, we try to teach the truth about a post-tribulation rapture. People, here's why. Not, not to be controversial. That's not the reason we're doing this. The reason being is that people that believe in a pre-tribulation rapture believe that the seals, trumpets, and vials all have to occur during the final seven years, right? Well, the fact of the matter is, is that they don't understand. The first four seals, those have already been opened. The first five trumpets have been blown and those events have already occurred. We're way off into this thing. 2,000-year-old prophecy, the seven trumpets. The seven trumpets would be blown. This would be events that would uh, transpire. That was a, it's, a, it's the, the middle stage, a shorter story that ends at the second coming of Jesus Christ, the Battle of Armageddon. The first five, the World War I, World War II, the Chernobyl nuclear accident, the um, speeding up of time with the tearing down of the Berlin Wall, the process of globalization, and the Iraq War with Saddam Hussein in 1991. The first five have occurred in just over the last 100 years, starting at 1914. And now the next one, the Sixth Trumpet War. Right along, either just before or just after that war, is going to be the signing of this peace agreement that we're talking about right now. And then we'll move off into the the final seven years. If you try to study the book of Revelation like it's written in chronological order and that the seals, trumpets, and vials happen during the final seven years, you're going to be messed up when it comes to proving some of these things. And so it's very, very important that we understand the timing, the events, all the events that have already transpired, the events to look for in the future. And that way, when we get to some of these prophecies and somebody says, oh, I don't really believe we're in the end time, you can say, well, whoa, 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 hold on. You understand how far we are off into this thing. When I teach my conferences, I'll be doing it here in Mattoon, Illinois this weekend. When I teach the conferences, the last slide, I go through the whole timeline from now to all the way to eternity, past the great right throne of judgment into eternity with the Lord. You're going to spend eternity in one of two places. This is the Bible. There's a heaven and there's a hell. And everybody that I'm talking to will spend eternity, hopefully, in heaven with the Lord. But, uh, you know, there's going to be people on earth that do not spend it there. And so when we're talking about this big timeline all the way past the great right throne of judgment into eternity, the, the timeline is relatively short. My last slide of the whole lesson is devoted. It's a timeline. And I turn around and tell everybody, 
of all the prophecies that have already been fulfilled from the coming of the Messiah all the way till now. And I just gave you some of the main ones, everybody. I could go into greater detail in much of that. But the fact of the matter is, is that when I turn around my last slide, I say, look, of all the prophecies to be fulfilled, there's close to 1,000 of them. This is all that's left. And everybody just stares at the chart like, oh my goodness, we're way off into the end time. We're just prior to, I mean, so I'm not, I'm not setting dates and I'm not predicting stuff, but if we were a hundred years away from the second, I I believe we're a lot closer than that, but a hundred years folks is just very, very quick. 50 years. I'm, I'm 53 years old and it's just clicking off. Think of it. We're all, I told everybody at the conference on Saturday, we're already halfway through September. We're past halfway through September now. And it feels like we just had Christmas last week. And before you know it, we'll be at Christmas and headed into the year 2022. These folks, time is flying. The older I get, the faster time flies. We are just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ, the battle of Armageddon. Look at the Abraham Accords and what they're talking about in the geopolitical situation in the Middle East. And then look at what Bible prophecy says. I can prove conclusively using Bible prophecies that in the very near future, an agreement will be signed between the Palestinians and Israelis and that it will last for a final seven-year period. I can prove that the Antichrist will be the one that signs that agreement with many. It's going to be a confirmation of the Abrahamic covenant. And we will move off into the final seven years at that point. Jesus wanted us to be able to understand these things. In the book of Daniel, he told Daniel, close up and seal this book because it's for the people of the time of the end. And now here we are at the end and we understand these prophecies. So it's very important we understand these things, everybody. Why? Because we need to go out and instruct others, our friends, family, and sphere of influence. If you're not right with the Lord, get right with the Lord, number one. Number two, teach Bible studies, help people to understand this stuff so we can prepare people mentally and physically for the times just ahead and spiritually for eternity. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com. 